Hey everyone, welcome to Tetsuo Tells a Story. I'm Tetsuo. So everyone seems to love the scary fishing stories or water entity encounter stories. The following stories are from the Mong Ghost Stories page on Facebook. You might have heard some of them before, either on other channels, but of course, some of you might not have. Whatever the case is, these are my takes on them. So please enjoy this episode titled Six Doses of Mong Scary Fishing Stories. Remember to like, share, subscribe, and hit on that notification button to get updates. Now, let us begin. <laughs> Story 1 So this happened to me in Sacramento, California of March 2009. I was 20 years old at that time. I heard from friends that sturgeons were hitting at Freeport around the Hoodtown area where the river curves. So I got home from school and I tried to convince a few friends to go, but they were all busy at that moment. Being the fishaholic that I am, I went out alone. It was around 5pm when I left the house. I went to the bait shop and found a fishing spot on River Road. Then, once I got to River Road, it was around 6pm. Crazy thing is, right as I got there, there was a Hmong guy who caught a sturgeon using earthworms, so that made me super excited. At that time, there were about 5 fishermen there. The Hmong guy, 3 Hispanic dudes, and me. The Hispanic guys quickly moved to a different hotspot. After the fish was measured and loaded up onto the car, the Mongai took off. It was now 7pm and the sun started to set. The Hispanic guys soon packed up and left. At this point, all I saw was an open area that could potentially land me a fish, so I quickly moved to the spots as the Hispanic guys cleared the area. The sun was setting now. The place had an open area of grass, which I was before, but I moved next to the water pipe, which had like a watchtower-like house, with trees and bushes right next to it. I watched as the sun set, and to kill time, I called my girlfriend. We talked for a while, and the next thing I knew, it was now 9pm. All I had with me at that time was a flashlight, my phone, a pocket knife, and my fishing gear. It was a full moon, so so I didn't need to use my flashlight, at least not for the most part. All of a sudden, my fishing pole started to hit like crazy. I yanked and yanked multiple times, but no fish. I was in fishing mode, super determined to catch a sturgeon. As time went by, I started to feel strange, as if something was watching me. I felt my hair stand up. I quickly glanced around the area with the trees right next to me and the open field of grass. I saw nothing. I was scared but played it off by turning on music on my phone and started to sing to the Hmong band Sounders. Holding the telephone, 
Oh baby, to my little parka I was still very motivated to fish. Next thing, my fishing pole felt a very strong pull. I thought to myself, Finally, a sturgeon. I yanked the fishing pole as hard as I could, but as I reeled in the pole, there was no fish. The bait was still on as if nothing had touched it. I thought to myself, Hmm, that's strange. I thought, Okay, one last cast. I cast out, and a few minutes later, another big pole on my fishing rod. Again, as I reeled the line up, nothing touched my bait. While about to cast out one more time, I hear something moving in the bushes, and then a strong cold wind blew right past me, shaking the leaves wildly. Something huge also splashed in the water nearby me. At this point, I was very scared now. It was close to 11 p.m. I quickly grabbed all my belongings and ran right to my car. I was driving a black two-door Acura Integra at the time, and I had my steering wheel locked. As I was unlocking my steering wheel, another strong breeze blew right past the car, causing the trees to shake even more. I quickly started the car and drove away as fast as I can. As I drove further, there was no more wind. I got home and though I was somewhat scared, I shook it off. I am a Christian so I try not to think much about spirits haunting me. So a few days have gone by and I told my friends about what happened. I told my friends the location I went to fish at which was about 15 minutes past Hoodtown, going south. And about 25 or 35 minutes away from the city, and a little further than where most fishermen would fish. A friend told me that his brother used to fish there also. Uh, let's call my friend Fong. Fong normally goes out to drink beer and then fishes late at night. I'm not sure what time it was, but my friend said that last time his brother Fong was there, Fong and his friend saw a Hispanic girl walking on the side road next to the fishing spot. There were just two of them. He stopped her and talked to her for a while. I'm not sure of all the details, but they decided to drive her to Hoodtown and dropped her off somewhere. Not sure what they were thinking when they picked up the girl because this place had only a few houses, which was a pretty good distance between each house. The side of the road is just all land. That night, when Fong got home, he started to hear something knocking on his window early in the morning around 3 a.m. The family also heard the strange knocking noises, but thought it was one of their brothers coming home late, knocking for them to open the door. Fong started having dreams about the girl that they picked up. This happened only to Fong. Nothing happened to his friend. First. The knocking was only on his bedroom window. Then, soon it started knocking around the whole house. At times, the family would see a dark shadow figure right next to the window. But when they check, there's nothing there. Fong was scared, so he left his house and went over to sleep at one of his uncle's place. By the way, Fong and his uncle, they both follow shamanism. So Fong 
felt a relief when he no longer heard the knocking and also had no more dreams of the girl. After a week at his uncle's house, he went back home. That night, when he came back home, the girl came to his dreams. The girl told him not to go to the house anymore because the children kept hitting her. I'm assuming the children that the girl was referring to was the shaman's good house spirits that protected the house. Fong told his parents of his situation and his parents hired a shaman to do a ritual for him. I'm not sure of all the details that happened next, but Fong was given a red string to wear as protection. And since then, the spirit has stopped haunting Fong. So, after hearing Fong's story, I got spooked out. And since then, up till now, I have yet to go back to that fishing spot. Story 2 I just wanted to share my experience at Lost Lake Park in California. I was around 6 or 7 years old at the time, living with my single mother, and every other weekend, she and her friends would always go there to have picnic and barbecue. I would always go with her because I had no one to babysit me. Anyways, I was always fascinated by the lake. I would always walk towards the lake first thing when we arrived there. My mom would always tell me to not go near it. But like any curious child, I didn't care. I was squatting, splashing the water. I remembered that it was a very nice day. Maybe around mid-70s. With a slight breeze and the current was pretty strong. All of a sudden, I fell in. I was wearing a heavy dress. So you know the water made it twice as heavy being soaked in it. Luckily, when I fell in, I was able to grab a hold of the grass. I used all of my strength to clinch onto the grass, and that helped me not to get dragged by the current. It was absolutely amazing how the grass was strong enough to stay planted on the ground. I felt a pair of hands grab my wrist and was thankful because I thought it was my mom, but instead, I look up and I see this preteen who I think looked to be 13 at the oldest. She was super pale with a tint of blue and her face had a big crack in it like those scary porcelain dolls. I just stared at her and the world seemed to disappear. She then slowly faded away and in place of her was my uncle. He grabbed me and took me to my mom. Of course, I got in a lot of trouble and had to stay in the car for the rest of the day. You know, there can also be good ghosts at Lost Lake, too. Story 3 so my cousin Kerr and I were fishing for catfish one night at one of the close by rivers. The night started off a little weird. We started fishing around 9pm. We were talking about all kinds of things throughout the night. And then we started getting into discussing about life and death. We were hearing weird noises out of the ordinary, not the regular ones you would hear in the wilderness. They sound like woman voices. 
we weren't getting any bites, so we decided that we should leave at 11 if we didn't catch anything. As 11 p.m. came closer, we weren't close to leaving, but still no touch of the bait. At 11, all of a sudden, I hear the loudest growl that shook me. I felt something on the right of me. I turned to my cousin, Kerr, who was sitting to my left, and I saw a terrible look on his face, not wanting to jump to conclusions or to scare him even more. I whispered to him, Hey bro, what's wrong man? And he said, Did, did you hear that? Hear what? I responded. Kerr said, That crazy crowd, man, it shook my whole body. I looked at him and asked, Are you sure? He said he was sure. So I confirmed with him that I also heard it too. After that growl incident, it went completely silent. No rustling of the leaves, nothing. Almost as if everything was put on mute. We grabbed all of our gear and we drove around the pond a couple times to see what we might be able to find, but nothing. We decided that whatever it was didn't want us there. So we went back home, but being the idiots that we are, we decided that we should go back to this pond the following night. And this is where things get even creepier. When we showed up to the spot a second time around, we could hear fishes jumping. Kerr said, Shoot, we better catch something tonight. All smiles and giggles. Of course, I got excited too and started to set up my gear. As I was setting up, I noticed that I left the top piece of my rod inside the car. Kerr already had his line in the water, so I said, Dang it, I left my other piece in the car. Give me your keys. As I was making my way up to the car, I could hear Kerr yelling, Hurry up, bro. Holy cow, they're biting like crazy, but I can't hook them. Making my way back down, I could see Kerr, but he was not alone. I froze in place. I see a little boy just smiling at me as he was playing with Kerr's fishing rod, bending the tip so it looks like a fish was biting. I yell out, Kerr, get your butt up here. As he is walking up, I just ran to the car. He did not hesitate, and he followed right behind me. We got in and took off. We left our fishing gear behind. He asked me what was wrong, and I told him that those were not bites you were getting. It was a little boy fooling around with your fishing pole, making it look like you were getting bites. Till this day, I do not fish at night anymore. That incident scarred me for life. Story 4 It's been a couple of years since I fished. This year with a new job and new hours means more time to fish again. A long friend of mine named Keith. We had planned on going to a hot spot that we had in the past. We've always gotten around 5 to 10 pound passes. 
We left early that morning and got to the boat launch around 5 a.m. If you look at the sky, you can see the sun rising far east, a little streak of sunray hitting the top of the trees, and the morning fog was very thick. I stepped outside to guide my friend as he reversed the truck to put the boat into the water. I walked around the trailer pulley and I felt something touch me on my shoulder. I turned around and I didn't see anything. I released the boat into the water and tied the boat onto the dock. I then signaled my friend to pull the trailer out of the water. My friend quickly drove the car and parked the truck and the trailer in the nearest parking slot. The river was very foggy as we got the last couple of our fishing equipment onto the boat. As we left the boat launch area, I noticed a person by the dock. I asked my friend if he saw that person and he said, no. I said to myself, I might be seeing things and to just ignore it. 10 minutes passed and we finally reached the hot spot. The birds were chirping and the crickets were singing loudly. We started a cast. First cast, I landed a six pound smallmouth bass. My friend landed a four pound smallmouth bass. As we were catching and releasing continuously for 15 minutes or so, we were overjoyed. After that 15 minutes or so, we cast several more times and there was no luck. We decided to continue downriver to the mouth of the lake and the river. My friend was in the back of me and he stumbled down for no reason. He grabbed me and looked a little freaked out. I asked him what was wrong and he said that it felt like someone pushed him. My friend got up and he said he might be thinking too much so we continued fishing. We continued downriver to the mouth of the lake and the river. My friend anchored the boat immediately so we wouldn't drift into the lake. We cast a few more times but still no luck. From the east side of the lake the sun was coming up slowly and the fog was slowly lifting as well. I looked and cast towards the drop off near the mouth of the lake. I felt a strong tug and I knew I caught a huge one. My fishing line pulled like crazy and a couple of minutes into the fight, the fish finally died down and I was able to reel in the fish. As soon as I reached out to grab the fish, I saw an ugly rotten head where the skin was wrinkled like it has been in the water for days. The eyes suddenly opened and I fell backwards. My $400 rod and bait caster fell into the water. My friend looked at me all spooked out and he ran towards the steering wheel. I got up and tried to retrieve the anchor, but I couldn't pull it out. I ran to my bag and took out my fillet knife. I cut the rope that was tied to the anchor and my friend started the engine. We came straight back to the boat launch. I ran back to the truck and we loaded the boat as fast as we could. By that time the fog has lifted, the sun was out, and there was no one except us. I also noticed that there were no more birds chirping or crickets singing any longer. I just had a gut feeling that we had to get out of that place as soon as possible. We loaded everything and drove off. I looked into the rear view mirror and I saw a person standing there just staring at us. Story 5 To start off, 
My brother and I loved night fishing at 152 in Los Banos. This trip to 152, there were four of us. It was my three buddies and myself. We would typically get our fishing spot right around 8 to 9 p.m. Before we started a trip up to 152, I had a strange feeling. It was just one of those days where your senses tell you to stay home. Well, just like an avid fisherman, I said heck with it and just headed out to go fishing. We drove about two hours and finally made it to our normal spot. Unloaded our gears from the truck and set up our rods. Keep in mind, I had this strange feeling that we were not supposed to be here. I kept that to myself and continued fishing. For the next three hours, we had no bites at all. So we decided to move to the opposite side of the water channel. From our first spot, it was pretty noisy with crickets and frogs croaking left and right. This new spot that we switched to, it was pure silence. We could hear each other breathing and it was an eerie feeling. And I knew all of us felt the same way. Well, being a bit lazy about going back to our first spot, we settled to the new spot unloaded our gears and cast our rods. This time we were lazy fishing, meaning that we cast a chunk of cut bait and set our rods on some branch or stick. All four rods had bells on it and glow sticks tied to the tip of the rods. Typical lazy fishing. By the time it was around 2am already, my two buddies knocked out from being tired. So only one buddy and I were left guarding the rods. I was on one end and my buddy was on the other end. This is where it freaked us out. Keep in mind, we have a battery powered LED lantern which lit up the entire space where we settled. But the light didn't shine high enough to cover our rods to its tip. Thus, that was the reason why we used both bell and glow sticks. While guarding our rods, I grew thirsty. I walked to where my buddies were sleeping and grabbed myself a bottled water. I turned around and started my way back to my guarding spot. Right before I got to my spot, one of the metal rods went off crazy. I turned around, ran back, got to the rods and no movement of any sorts. And the bells were completely quiet. No slack on any lines. That eerie feeling came right back to me. So I decided to move my rod closer to the two middle rods, just so I can be closer to my buddies, in case something strange happens to me. I moved the rod to the middle, and I was guarding again. This time, it happened to my rod. My bell didn't go off. My rod flew off the wooden stick holder. Luckily, my line was caught in the rod holder. I reeled in my line, and turns out, my cut bait was still there. I tossed it back and set my rod down. Both buddies then woke up. One of them went to take a quick piss while the other was mumming nonsense and kept pointing finger at the other buddy who was guarding the other end. I noticed that he was really quiet. I went over to check on him. I've never seen anyone so frightened in my life. He kept repeating to himself, My grandpa's here. My grandpa's here. My grandpa's here. I quickly yelled at my other two buddies to hurry up and help me calm him down. 
All four of us were together. The guarding buddy whispered to us, We need to go. My grandpa's upset because of how the funeral was done. Not the best thing we want to hear at three in the freaking morning. We were the only people occupying that spot, which made it even more terrifying because we could eliminate the theory that someone was messing with us. We all quickly gathered our gears, except for my guarding buddy. He left his rod there because he said that he saw his grandpa holding and playing with the bell. From that moment, it was right around 5 a.m. The buddy who was awake with me the entire time was the driver. Right before we all left to the car, he said, Come on everyone, let's all go home. As Hmong elders would say, only call on the people who are there with you by name and don't use one word as a whole because you'll be inviting spirits and other entities to come along with you. About a month after this incident, my buddy hasn't been sleeping too well. His grandma, who was still alive at the time, was much more active in talking. My buddy's parents were now spooked about the fact that grandma was talking a lot more at night in her room. Weeks went by and the grandma became very ill and it turned deadly. Before the grandma passed away, a shaman was called to perform a ritual to examine her illness. The shaman later told the parents that the grandpa had returned because he was not pleased of his funeral. He wasn't also pleased because he felt it wasn't his time yet. So to please the grandpa, the grandpa spoke to his wife and he took her with him. The shaman told my buddy's parents that their son and his friends invited the grandpa back home. This was such a surreal moment. Even though I'm not a shaman believer, everything that the shaman said was right on point. It made so much sense. I soon became a believer. You can also say this was our last night fishing trip to 152. My buddy who was caught up in this situation, he basically gave up fishing and ended up visiting his grandpa's resting place more often to make peace for unknown reasons. It's been over four years since I've last spoken to him. Story 6 This was about two years ago. I was 21 then. My brothers and I would always go fishing all night by the river. On June 21st, 2014, that night changed us forever. And sometimes, we still talked about what happened to us. This was a fishing trip that we planned. We were fishing for sturgeon. At this time, sturgeon would come up to the Sacramento River. The place we decided to fish at was a little hidden fishing spot on the Sac River, located in Knight's Landing. Small little town, a pretty chill town. This spot was a sandy bank shore, and the only way to get there, you had to go through an open field off the road. In a small forest, about a 10 minute walk to get to the river bank. Anyways, 
we decided to go. We were a group of four, and we decided an overnight trip. We packed enough to eat and drink beer, just to kick it on the banks. We got there pretty early in the morning. We fished all day long, just having a great time. We got buzz, and we caught fish. Just an awesome day. It started to get dark, so we set up camp. And we had a fire going too. It got very dark, very fast. The moon was out, very bright, so you can see the outlines of the trees. We were fishing four hours after dark. My brother realized it was quiet, too quiet. Don't forget, at this time of the year, you would hear crickets and frogs. But the thing is, we didn't hear them at all. I thought this was weird, but we just shook it off. It was nothing because the area we were at was sandy anyways. I happened to check the time and it was 2.58 AM and we were fishing with the firelight very bright behind our backs. I remember talking to my brother about this girl I was talking to and out of the blue we heard a loud splash on the other side of the bank. We thought it was weird and it kind of spooked us too, but again, we just thought it was sea otters because otters always make loud splashes anyways. About 20 minutes after that, we decided to set out bait for sturgeon and go back to our campfire. We were chilling and having a fun time talking, and out of the blue, my oldest brother saw a lady in yellow drenched in water, and she was walking up to our camp. Now at this time, all of us got scared. To be honest, I think I pissed my pants a little. My older brother is a friendly guy, so he invited her to our campfire. My brother was asking questions, but the woman kept her eyes on the fire and remained silent. I got a good look at her face. She was Caucasian. Her face had a ghostly look. Her skin was pale white, and she had dark hair, but they looked old and dirty. The yellow jacket that she was wearing was torn and dirty, like old clothing that has been outside for years. What was weird was that, why the heck is she wearing a jacket in the middle of the summer? I knew something was off. So I said, guys, I'm gonna head back to the car to grab something. My younger brother and I both went back and we weren't just walking, we ran. Five minutes after we got back to our car, we saw our other brothers running towards us. And suddenly the wind picks up like a storm and it drifted into a crazy buzzing high pitched sound. Then we hear her say, Why did you leave me? We said F this and we all jumped into the car and took off to Woodland. We decided to get a hotel then and there. The next day we went to check on the spot. All of our stuff was everywhere. Stuff were in the trees. And now, these weren't just small trees. These were 70 to 50 foot trees. Our little campsite was a mess, and we just grabbed everything that we could. 
and left. On the way back home, my older brother told us something that I can never imagine. He told us that after we left, the girl began to mumble words in word languages. And then, and then she spoke to him in Hmong. My brother got up real quick and saw that her eyes were getting white and blood was dripping from her eyes. And that's when they took off. They said that she was chasing them, but she wasn't running. She was gliding. They thought that they were going to die. After passing the forest end, the girl stopped chasing, but was growling and screaming. This was something I would never, ever want to experience. Ever since this encounter, we never went back there since. History on that place? It is said that that place was known for lynching African Americans back in the day. And it was also a place to practice witchcraft. Thanks everyone for making it to the end of this episode. Please let me know if you have a specific type of story you want to listen to. And shoot me an email if you have a story you want to be told. Please remember to like, share, and subscribe to Tetsuo Tells a Story. See you in the next episode. Thanks.